TSN 1050 Leafs reporter. She was at media day at the Ford Performance Center. Everything is wrapped up there. Kristen, welcome. How are you today? I'm good, Jim. How you doing? Good. So, I mean, this was face on face to face as opposed to to Zoom. So, I mean, that had to be a, a great experience for you. Uh, for me personally, definitely, it's it's nice to be off the screens and actually seeing people in person again, even if we're uh, we're still socially distanced. But it's better than Zoom, that's for sure. Uh, so, I mean, with all the things that are said, and, and I preface this when we started the broadcast today, I don't like to pick out what people say because they're answers to questions, so I'm not going to delete the question. Uh, I, I, what jumped off the page in terms of maybe question and answer for you? Well, I'd like to say that there was a lot, but not really uh, because it's just more of the same. It's a lot more of just the same kind of refrains that we've been hearing from Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe and the core group of this team just saying, you know, we're, we're going to just focus on the present. We can't change the past. We're going to control what we can control. We're going to find that next level, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we've been, we heard it all throughout last season. We heard it when things uh, fell apart in the playoffs. We heard it after that. We've heard it um, just over and over again, just kind of the same old, um, platitudes about how they there's no real specifics on how they're going to improve there's no real specifics on how things are going to be different but um, it's just a lot of we believe in this team we believe in this group we believe that things will be different uh, but it's not really at this point it doesn't I guess make a lot of sense for them to say exactly how that's going to happen because they haven't even been on the ice yet which will happen tomorrow but um, I mean, I guess some of the newsier things, knowing Austin Matthews' timeline is still on track. He expects to be recovered from that wrist uh, surgery by opening night on uh, October 13th. Morgan Riley, not much going on. It doesn't sound like on the contract negotiation front, but he's trying to uh, keep that on the back burner and not let that affect his year. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just the general mood of the team, just feeling that sense of not pressure necessarily, but just, hey, you know, we're running out of time here to kind of put, uh, you know, the wheels back on and, and try to really make a run at something. Yeah, I mean, really, there is no answer to the question, how do you fix this? Because there's so many moving parts. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Mean, you've got four or five, maybe even six people auditioning uh, on the left side. You've got a glut of forwards. Uh, the defense is not much of an issue, and you've got a new tandem and goal. I mean, there's, there's so many plates spinning here, you know, and you're just hoping that one of them finds an orbit, right? Well, well, yeah, and that's. I think that was sort of the general message that you took away from talking to Dubis and, and Keith especially, was that there's obviously the belief, as they have said, in the group that they know, in the, the core, if you want to call it that still, um, you know, in the, the Muzzins, the Rileys uh, on defense, and then, of course, uh, the guys that you have up front in, in Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, all those guys. But it's how is this picture going to be finished? How is the puzzle going to be put together with these new players? Who is going to replace Zach Hyman? How is Jack Campbell going to fare in an 82-game season? What does Peter Mrazek bring in the net? How is Rasmus Sandin and Travis Dermott as a potential third pairing going to fare in a long season? It's There's so many questions and it's really, but who's going to step up? I mean, you've yeah. got your young players and Nick Robertson uh, who could potentially crack the roster. You've got some guys in on a PTO. You've got a disgruntled potentially Ilya Mikheyev. How does that affect the picture? 
there's just a lot of questions to answer. And here we are Wednesday. The Leafs are playing a game on Saturday. So these things are going to come together quickly. But right now, it doesn't serve anyone to try to say this is how it's going to look. The course of this season is going to bring, I think, a lot of iterations for the Leafs and this training camp. Even Sheldon Keefe said, I'm going to audition a lot of guys for that left-wing spot on the top line. There's going to be a lot of guys moving through there. So we have, um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot to dissect over the next few weeks as we ramp up to the 13th. Yeah, I mean, you look at their uh, their regular or their preseason schedule. I just have it in front of me. There's six games. I mean, they they literally have like a couple of weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, to go through all those auditions and then pare that roster down so it so it fits the the roster limit and the cap limit. So I mean, we could say that they have some time, but they don't really do they. Things have to happen right away. Well, the the thing you know about this coaching staff is that they've gone through every single possible scenario of who could play where and where might this player fit and why might this work. Uh, they've had you know they've had time. They've the Leafs have really settled on uh, you know a lot of their their players for at least the last month or so. They haven't made any major signings, uh, and, and so there's definitely a sense that going into the first day of on-ice stuff tomorrow, Keith has an idea of how this is going to go. But sometimes you put players together and it doesn't work. And then you try, okay, let's, let's look at this. And it seems to work for maybe the first preseason game, but then by the second game, you're not seeing that same chemistry. And chemistry also is built over time. You know, it, it, just because it doesn't work the first day or the first you know game or two, um, if there's something there, if there's a spark, I think they've got to stick with something. I thought that Keith was too quick pulling the trigger uh, on some line pairings and then too quick sometimes on pulling players apart in, in in seasons past or games past. Sometimes you've got to give guys a little bit of time to find their rhythm and find their, um, you know, find that chemistry. So uh, they do, they don't have a lot of time, but you also kind of have to go with your gut and listen to the players. And if players like, the potential that they have, you've got to give them some time to, to ride it out. So I think that the Leafs do have to be, uh, you know, patient as well as they figure things out. Don't let the pressure of a time crunch be too um, impactful on, on what you decide to do, especially early on. I mean, they have a layered approach with, with all those bodies, especially on the left side, uh, and it's, it's a sort of a methodical off-season plan, which I, I applaud. There's no other way to go about it. You're looking for people to have slivers of, of Zach Hyman in their game, and, and maybe the ensemble cast can, can replace them. Uh, but you're also looking for an instant fit, and I think you, you mentioned that, and, and I don't know where that comes from. It would be a blessing for sure. Uh, I've got Nick Robertson, and a lot of people like to say, well, he's you know he's waiver-exempt, so he's, he's easily moved, but, but somebody in that that group has to jump to the front, and, and that would just change everything, wouldn't it? Well, I, I think if you had an instant fit, it would be great. But Zach Hyman wasn't an instant fit. You know, yeah. he played a lot of different spots in his first season, and it wasn't really until about midway through that year that really it felt like uh, he and even Connor Brown finally kind of took a hold of their positions um, on that line when the three of them played together. and But it wasn't immediate. It was There was a lot. There was Nylander was up there. You had, you've had Mitch Marner up there from time to time. The first year, it, it was tough. And, and it's going to be, I shouldn't say it was tough, but it's not necessarily an instant, hey, this is perfect. Uh, let's just go with it. You, you do have to, um, I, I think, try some players out and, and let them know that 
it is an open competition. I think Michael Bunting is going to get a look there. He definitely, uh, you know, I, I could see that working. I could see potentially Nick Ritchie up there taking, you know, getting his, his reps in as well. Nick Robertson, I don't know mentally if Nick Robertson is ready to be a top-line player. I don't know if he can handle that top six, uh, you know, position just because it's so – there's so much that has to happen on a game-to-game basis there. You're playing so many minutes, and uh, if you really want to build something throughout an entire year, it might not serve a young player to step in there. But a guy who, you know, has some – you know, some experience and some, uh, just, just some more, I, I think maybe a little bit more uh, grit, so to speak, uh, just in terms of what he's been through and, and just that experience could really play a role there. So we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow. But as we go along here, I hope that people won't get too devastated by, you know, lines being broken up or different players slotting in in different places. You want to do it now so that by the time you get to the 13th, you're really feeling good about not just who you've picked for that first game, but who you could potentially sub in if you need to. I mean, really, when you when you consider the job function, playing on the left side, and either one of those top two lines is, is not easily done. You have to think the same way as your center and winger do, and that's high end. You have to play with the same pace physically and, and mentally, and you have to have some skill. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, working class things you have to do, but you have to be able to, to match what, what they're doing or complement what they're doing. That's not easily done. No, and I also think we, we need to get away from the idea that someone is replacing Zach Hyman. Yeah. Because, yes, you're replacing his role, but you're not getting Zach Hyman. There's no one in that room that is going to be him. But there could be someone in there that can bring their own um, talents and skills and strengths into a position that the Leafs obviously need to fill. So, it's yes, Hyman held that spot, and then he was their best left winger. And, and yes, you do need to go about putting someone else into that role, but it won't be exactly what he brought. And they don't need maybe exactly what he brought because, hey, it's not as if they're, you know, rolling in cup wins with Hyman either. You know, that's, that's nothing against him. That's not his fault. But you do have to adapt as a team and say, this is what we were doing. These were the personnel that we had. We don't have that anymore, and we need a different result. So how are we going to approach this? so that we can get a different result by using the players that we have. Uh, just one more before we let you go. As camps open, and obviously we saw a hard line from Columbus yesterday, vaccination talk. I mean, now it's it's clear that everybody wants to know uh, that everybody's vaccinated, and, and if they're not, who are they? And I know that Nylander said he's not fully vaccinated, but, but will be. What kind of talk was there about that today, or, or was there any? Well, it's... He had mentioned, Nylander, that it sounded like there were some medical issues that were holding up his uh, getting vaccinated. And uh, everyone else, it, it seemed, at least from our perspective, not that we saw every single player, but we didn't hear of anyone else who um, was uh, needing to be vaccinated before the season starts. So um, the, the conversation more so than on the vaccines was about just having fans back in the building and how excited um the players are to to be back in a normal swing of it and and have uh, the fans there uh, alongside them and obviously there will be vaccination regulations there but other than Newlander not much on the vaccination topic uh, it seemed like everyone uh, everyone else we spoke to at least uh, wasn't wearing a mask so we can uh, assume that they were vaccinated Kristen thanks very much appreciate it thanks Jim